presents Haunted Hall. Welcome to another edition of Haunted Hall. I'm Louie. And I'm joined and I'm by Manny. Manny. Yes, and it's Batman. Is that Batman or Rawhead Rex? Whose voice was that? Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded very Christian Bale Batman there. It did. Let's hear that, Let's hear that again. I'm <laughs> yes, that's man. That sounded very, that sounded very Christian Bale. Watched the, a Christian Bale movie yesterday. What the fuck was I watching? Something. Oh, Equilibrium. <laughs> oh, okay. I was watching Equilibrium. Yeah, not, not, not that bad at all. No gravelly, shitty, shitty voice in that one. None it's of very, it. None very clear. You can hear. I it. love, I love Equilibrium. So do but, I. You showed what? me that movie, by the way, years Did ago. Did I? Yeah, I didn't know it existed. I think, all, I think when Pat it first has my out, DVD. <laughs> I actually own a copy of it, too, somewhere. So Yeah, I think Pat still has my DVD because he'd never heard of it either, so I let him borrow it. You know what my only issue with that movie is, and I'll make it really quick, is Tay Diggs. <laughs> he kind of sucks. He's yeah, a, right. <laughs> Well, no, look, Tay he's Diggs feeling. is a good actor. He's feeling. Isn't that his thing? He, and he's feeling. He's feeling himself. Exactly. <laughs> he's a great actor, but, dude, anger you're you're greedy. You're envious of him. <laughs> you are you you're you're you you know you, you like like he laughs. He gets up. He like like when, yeah. when, when when Christian Bale gets arrested, he's all proud like pride. Dude, you got like four of the seven deadly sins. Those are straight emotions. Yes, Tay Diggs is emoting the entire movie. The entire but movie from beginning to end. He is the most emotional motherfucker in the entire film. <laughs> he is. I just. What's funny is I think I remember. And I will. I, He's this, feeling. This You're is quite a giant, about it. I vividly have a memory. I don't know where we were. This was a long time ago. We were somewhere, and the movie was on. And I remember you saying that. You're like <laughs> fucking Tay Diggs. You you sure sounds like you're feeling as well. You said anger like is that. an emotion, yes. my friend. <laughs> like it sounds like you've got some 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 feelings towards the situation you know? as as you speak. You know. So yeah, that's pretty funny. And that you was know? our equilibrium minute right there. there One minute. <laughs> Done. Hey, maybe we'll revisit that in the future. Not a horror movie, but fuck it. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. No, it's not a Halloween movie either. Not a Halloween movie, not a horror movie. Science fiction. Tay Diggs does get his uh half his head chopped off. That's pretty yep. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty gruesome. So there you go. Yep. Horrific. Right there. <laughs> but yes, speaking of things that are horrific, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Rawhead Rex, the 1986 film, Rawhead Rex. What's more, it saw me, this thing. This this movie's got an interesting uh, release situation mm-hmm. because, and this is me going by because obviously I didn't see this in the theater. I'm pretty sure you didn't either. <laughs> so, I wish I had. Oh man, I, so do I. Uh, but apparently, and this is going by the internet, uh, it was released in the UK first, almost a year prior 
uh, on October 14th, 1986. Mm-hmm. And from what I could tell, that was theatrical. We didn't get it here in the U.S. until April 17th, 1987. Yep. And, and, and that was a limited release. It was at two or three hundred, somewhere between two and four hundred theaters. Wow. And it was pretty much doomed yeah. because I, I told you before we started recording, I don't have any notes, but that's not entirely true because um, I, I found this out the other day when I was doing some research. And the only notes I do have are this, that the film, when it was released, it was almost doomed because of the other films that were in the theater at the time. Just a few. Now, there's a. There was a lot. This was. It was a big slate. Eighty-seven. So yes, there yeah. was a big slate. But just a few. The aristocrats. Oh. Aristocats. Okay. The aristocrats. Not the raising vulgar Ari- joke. Yeah, raising <laughs> Arizona. Oh, okay. Police Academy Four, Miami Beach. Mm. Angel Heart. Oh, really? Outrageous. Okay. Yeah. Outrageous Fortune. Oh wow. Nightmare Jesus. on Elm Street 3. Oh, wow. Tough Platoon? competition. Platoon. Wow. Platoon. Lethal Weapon. Wow. Mannequin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Blind Date. Which we just mentioned, Mannequin, in our Twilight Zone <laughs> yes. episode. Funny yes. enough. And Blind Date with the, the Bruce Willis, right? Bruce Willis yes, is Blind yes, Date. Yes, 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 You're right. Wow. Those, that. I forgot about that movie, Blind yes. Date, completely. <laughs> and a few others. Those were in theaters at the time that Rawhead Rex hit theaters here. Wow. So wow. it was doomed. It was it absolutely was doomed. Making zero dollars yep. is basically what uh pretty much what what happened there with Rawhead Rex. Yep. And, they waited and for- a year to release it and then they waited till all this shit was out. <laughs> Dude, Good come luck. on. Good luck, Rawhead yeah. Rex. We'll yeah. we'll see you out there. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I, from what I read the VHS release was shortly after. So it was like yes. a really limited theatrical release. And and speaking yeah. of the VHS, I'm holding it right here. This is the Vestron video mm-hmm. release that came out the same year, I'm pretty sure, like later on in 87. Probably. So Probably. This Rawhead Rex. This is a cut box. It's not in pristine condition, but oh, I don't geez. give a oh, shit. Oh, wow. You got a sacrilege. Yeah, cut it's box. cut and it has like a plastic. I bought this for $2 wow. a long time ago. I don't know where. I actually like that it's in this weird plastic thing. The cover, cover, yeah. The the protector. um, Yeah, yeah, the protector and that it's cut. And the sticker on the top is from some video store called uh, Bu Art Video in Philadelphia, PA. I don't know where. I don't remember where I bought this. I've had this VHS for a long time. Yeah. And I got it for $2. I'm sure if I go on eBay right now, this VHS is probably $50. So You know, I, I don't think so. And not so? anymore. Not anymore. Simply okay. because Kino Lorber released it. The, yeah, the DVD. Right. This I have the I had the DVD since yeah. that came out. I had that at one point. I think I gave it. And to this, you yeah, this was going for a good two or three hundred dollars for a long time. So probably both were the DVD and they the were. VHS. Yeah. But that's because they were hard to find. But now Kino Lorber, yeah. since they did the restoration, what do you need the old? You know what I mean? The 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 other the old yeah. versions drop in price. Yeah, that's usually what happens. You know what I've noticed with with some releases, uh, you know, especially with a movie like this, especially old horror movies, as soon as whatever, Arrow, Scream Factory, any of these companies, Code Red, get their hands Mm -hmm. on the, like, you know, to to, to put together a special edition Blu-ray or whatever, 4K Blu-ray, 
yeah, you can see the the value of whatever release of it goes down drastically. What I was looking up a movie, Savage Streets right now mm. has a couple of releases, but they're all out of print. Even European. the DVD. Yeah, even European. like my, I have a DVD. And speaking of Savage Streets, I would love for us to cover that in the future. I love that movie. But nonetheless, I've never seen it. It's great. I've never seen it. Possible. Linda Blair, coming, I've never seen it. Coming soon, possibly. We'll be jumping into that one. But that DVD I bought years ago from Kim's Video goes for, I think, a couple couple bucks now. Maybe a hundred yeah. bucks, something like that. I so would surprise me. Yeah. So it's crazy because that always happens. So it's like all these VHS guys, like people that collect VHS, these VHS purists. Those tapes just drastically decrease in value as soon as some because it's readily available and reality, exactly. you know, as hipstery as it sounds, it's like the VHS is not superior to the to the crystal clear Blu-ray. That you're getting. Says. It, it personally, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe personally, you may feel something. I agree. The nostalgia version of it. Fine. Yes. You know, fine. But I have um, this is a movie that I think on VHS. Perfect. Perfect VHS it works. movie. It works. Yes, yeah. it works for VHS. It, it really hides works. some of the flaws. Yeah. It hides some of the, the, the uh, not flaws with the with the plot or the, or the movie, and we'll get into yeah. that in a second, but just kind of the flaws with the no, creature. No, in, <laughs> yes, the creature. Yeah, yeah, you can see the mask is a little more yes, yes, yes. yeah. I had a, um, th- there was a DVD came out, I'm going to say early 2000s. It was called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Family Portrait. Yeah, I know that. I, that's a documentary. Yeah, I know. Yes. It. Yeah, it's yeah. all behind the scenes stuff. It's great. Um, yeah. That DVD was released and then it went out of print and almost immediately it shot up to two, three hundred dollars <laughs> on eBay. Wow. And I spent a long time looking for it. I was like, oh man, I'm going to watch that it. together too at your old apartment. I probably. remember you putting that on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, I spent a long time looking for it. And then when I finally found it, I found it for like $3. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I am flipping this immediately. Yeah. And no bullshit. A week later, there was some uh, uh, I, some restoration or some re release of Texas Chainsaw that announced that it would be on there. Oh, it was included. Yeah, and gone. They do. Drop. Yeah. Now it's five dollars on eBay, and I was like, "Well, now I have this DVD of Texas Chainsaw Massacre Family Portrait, not worth unopened. Shit. Yeah, unopened. Which means <laughs> if we watched it, it means we watched it as a special feature. Yeah, it's not going to be still yeah. unopened. Twenty years later, it's still sitting there in the sealed, sealed. Oh, because so, I still remember have... watching it with you because they interviewed. I forget the actor's name who portrays the hitchhiker. I remember them interviewing oh, yeah. him. And it's all yeah, so, shot on video, it looks mm-hmm. like. Like it was shot yeah, we in the probably, 90s or something. Yeah, we probably watched it as the special feature on probably the um probably the 30th anniversary, which Possibly. is the one with the the one with the uh the pack of meat on the back of it, where it looks like raw meat. Yeah, I think like I meat. have that one or I have the steel book. I forget which version I have of Texas Chainsaw. It's been a while since I've thrown yeah. the, 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 the DVD. The raw on. meat one is it's black on the front with the chainsaw yeah, outline. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah, I have that, and I have the the big the the big the black Maria box, the one yes, that's yes, shaped yes. like the the that's the a cool box set. I didn't get that. It one. is really cool. <laughs> that is it probably is. the coolest Texas Chainsaw Massacre release, I I think. Yeah. And that meat one is pretty cool too. Those so. are the two. Those are my two favorites. I love them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look great. They I think like like even the movie looks great on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so but jumping, but jumping back into Rawhead Rex, uh, yes. <laughs> so. Though that's that was the release that VHS release from Vestron Video was released shortly after the theatrical or limited theatrical release release here in the U.S. 
Uh, the film was directed by George. Once again, in typical Louis fa- fashion, I'm going to butcher this, but George Pavlo, Pavlo, I believe is how you uh, Pavlo or Pavlou. Pavlou, Pavlo. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not he, sure. He also directed the film Transmutation, which was also written, the screenplay, by Clive Barker, much like Rawhead Rex was written by Clive Barker, based on the story. Now, you might have to correct me on this. Is it the first books of blo- Book of Blood? Is it books or Book of Blood? Transmutations? It- no, Rawhead Rex. Rawhead Rex is volume three. Volume three. Transmutations is also in one of the, is in one of Is the, in uh, one of them. I'm not sure which not one. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was a um, different, I think the name had a, di- I think the book had, the story had a different name too. Off the top of my head, yeah. I can't, it had a different name, but he did, uh, uh, Pavlo Underworld. Did, Underworld. Underworld. The, yes, yes. That's the title. He did Rawhead Rex and then he did Transmutations. And that is when Clive Barker said, I am never selling the rights to my story <laughs> ever again. Unless I'm directing them. I think yeah, that was... Well, he did, that's the thing. Yeah. He didn't sell the rights. He sold the movie. I saw this. Just let me speak, okay? I saw it. And what's more, it saw me. This thing was watching me. It fixed me with these mean, burning red eyes. You know, I remember someone saying that this film is what made Clive Barker get so protective of his properties and that this drove him to make Hellraiser and be completely in control. All creative control had to go to him because he was so unhappy with the end result and the end product of the final product of Rawhead Rex. Um, So, you know, and Clive Barker, you know, I've always considered you the. You've always been a big Clive. Bar- Every time I see Clive Barker, I think of you because you're you're a huge. Yeah, you're you are the you are you are the Clive Barker guy. Since I've known you, you've always been. Every time I see Clive Barker, anything Clive Barker, I think of you because that's always been like one of your favorite. Yes, writers, and filmmakers, and and everything. So it's funny because when you when you think of Clive Barker, you think of Hellraiser. Most people don't think of Rod Rex. He's kind of the step like the, the forgotten stepchild of clive barker and, and i think this movie's the reason why because he doesn't talk about it unless you've yeah. read the book and the short story no one talks about rawhead rex i no one we'll, we'll, we'll i think we'll, i'm sure we'll get into it i'm <laughs> yes. sure we'll get into it so i'll just reserve what i have to say about it till then but yes we'll get to but, it later so so the, so the film stars i got a couple names here uh that I'll, I'll rattle off. David Duke. <laughs> David Duke is, is the lead. Howard. Not the David Duke. Yes. The David Duke. Uh, he's Howard Hallenbeck. Yep. Um, and his wife is portrayed by Kelly Piper, uh, mm-hmm. Elaine Hallenbeck. And then you've got the this actor, I believe it's Niall Tobin is how you pronounce his name. Sounds Reverend correct. Coot, Reverend, Reverend Coot. Coot. The Reverend and Coot. And then the last name I have on his list, because I feel like you got to give this guy some credit. And, I, and the reason why I'm giving him credit is because I watched all these special features and they interview him. Um, and I'm going to butcher this 100%. This is a very German <laughs> name. You've got Heinrich von Schellendorf as Roy Sounds, Rex. Pretty, sounds yes. pretty close. <laughs> as close. I am not German, so I will not be able to. Uh, th- that Fun will fact. Roll off, roll off the tongue there. Fun fact on that. They were going to. They originally were going to hire the actor who played Alien. 
and Peter May- Mayhew as well, I think. The guy who played Chewbacca. They wanted yep. him, but yep. he was too That's expensive. That's what it is. Yes, it was Chewbacca, not Alien. Yes. Correct. Peter Mayhew. But they couldn't afford him. Yeah. They couldn't afford him. And he was uh, too expensive. He was fucking Star Wars, for they guys. Don't got, they, don't, they don't got that Star Wars George Lucas yeah. money. They couldn't afford him. There's a reason they couldn't afford him, and uh, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are, that, those are the, I guess, the important actors, I'd say, in, in the film. There's some children, like child actors in it as yeah. well. And they're, it's whatever. The actress, they're, they're the actress who plays the daughter went yes. on to make other movies, I believe. She's a big um, violin, like a musician, violinist yeah, a or something. Now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah singer, so that's violin. cool. Yeah. So she's she like, became fairly. She's around 40, 41 now, which is crazy because you watch mm-hmm. this movie and she's a little, like almost a baby, like four yeah. years old or something, five years old. Um, every other actor in this movie is basically showing up in a scene and killed uh but yes with that out of the way manny break down rawhead rex all right uh rawhead rex um is about howard hallenbeck he is a uh photographer and i'm assuming a novelist i don't know if it's his first novel or not i assume Um, the same thing (laughs) yeah he is a photographer who who photographs uh historic sites and now he's writing a book i don't know if it's a book or like a photo journal or something. But basically he's he's doing a book on historic sites and as he says in the book the persistence of religious sites in Ireland. Yes. Now why there are so many historical religious sites in Ireland considering it's a religion that started in the Middle East Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So why are there so many religious places here? So um, so he's doing a photo journal type book. Uh, I'm assuming it's a photo journal because he's a photo, photo he's a photographer. It's, honestly, uh, it's not very clear. No, it's it's, not. They play it up early in the movie and then kind of forget about it halfway through. Yes. It's just kind well, of. Well, I mean, there's a reason. There's a reason why. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's heavily like, oh, man, like, you know back yes. and forth with his wife about it because they kind of want to hang out and sightsee and he's like I got to see Ireland yeah, I got to take pictures Dublin. and write shit that's ba- he's you know he's a uh, he's he's uh, an interesting guy I guess he's, Well at uh, the same you know? time if you really look at it like they're in this little town in Ireland they've yeah. been there for almost a month Yeah and there is shit to do in this town like this is this is a depression town there is nothing <laughs> just churches that's, <laughs> that's it it's churches bars and the hotel they're in yes. that's it yeah. <laughs> you oh, know, man. there's nothing in this town. So the fact that they've been basically trapped in a shitty hotel for a month, this woman wants out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, at the same time that he's visiting all this other, there's this, there's a farmer who is removing a giant obelisk from the middle of a field, which seems so weird when you think about it, but we'll get into that later. Um, and, it's kind of random, but I know yes. I know what you're referencing. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. There's there's a um yes, there's a giant obelisk in the field and he's having it put it's stuck in the dirt. So he when he finally pulls it out of the dirt, Rawhead Rex comes out of it. This fucking creature most, comes. <laughs> I wanna add the most metal looking reveal, probably like, like literally. <laughs> 
in slow motion and all. Like, Literally, he he's covered in dirt, rips it's, through the ground. There's lightning, and the sky is dark, and he's pops roaring. Like he like he jumped off a trampoline. He it comes looks ru- like a Manowar cover. It does. The bad Manowar. It looks like a cover. Sans any muscular men wearing leather. And just case, waiting for Dio to yes, show up. Exactly. <laughs> it is the most metal introduction to a creature really I've ever seen. They buried him alive. What? The devil. They put him in the earth, deep down. They thought he'd die, you see. Thought they could forget about him. But the dark ones come back. Useless to fight. What does it represent? Nothing. The devil's won. You know, I mean, honestly, the cover is pretty much that. Yeah, the lightning. This is what he looks like at the moment that he jumps out of the 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 dirt, Um, and then he he always (laughs) shaking his hands over people's heads, and like he look he looks like the ultimate warrior. That's what I'm saying. It's like the the ultimate warrior, (laughs) ultimate warrior in a rubber mask. Listen, Raw, you know what? You're right. Now that you put it that way, Rawhead Rex He's does look, doing this. Does look always... like a wrestler in this movie. <laughs> he, I'm going to be honest. We should when describe I was... him a little bit if you've never okay. seen this movie. Well, well I'm going to show you the picture here. He's yes. got this long dinosaur-like. He's got the... It, it, uh, 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 it's Jason Voorhees in part seven when they pull the mask off where he's got yes. this elongated face and this jaw and like that comes out. a double xenomorph style mouth. Yep. That, there's like a mouth and then another mouth protruding that comes out Almost. of it sometimes. It seems that way. Like his, teeth, his teeth just kind of, yeah. yeah, his teeth just kind of push forward. He's got these glowing red eyes. They, put, they did put lights in it. <laughs> the fucking mohawk. <laughs> You know, the Mohawk. That's what I'm saying. It's like the most metal-looking you know? creature ever. I'm and and you see his silhouette there. You yes. see his silhouette. Like, he's got the he's got the Legion of Doom shoulder pads yes. over here. <laughs> he's got the leggings and some and, and some Tatanka-type uh, 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 loincloth hanging off yeah. of him. And then he's got the boots. Yes. A lot of leather. <laughs> he's a lot wrapped of, in leather. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. It, he looks like an ogre, like a metal ogre. Yeah, that's the best yes. way of describing like an ogre. He's a J.R.R. Tolkien troll. Yes, you know, but super tall, clad in leather. Like that's mm-hmm. basically all that's yeah. missing is he came out with the horns and like literally we could easily take that shot and like edit in like Megadeth or something and it would work. Six million ways to die. What is it? A million? How many ways to die? I don't, I don't even know. know. Ninety nine ways to die. I've never been the hugest. Meg- in my case, it'd be like Slayer probably. Because I'm more of a Slayer fan, so that probably would have been like. South of, south of heaven would have been playing when he would have fucking <laughs> popped up through the fucking ground. But I will say this, and, and, and we can continue with the rest of the film, but he's the star, man. He's the star of this he movie. Is. Rawhead he is. is the star. Rawhead Rex, he is the driving yes. force behind this movie. Without he him, this movie would be a slog at times. Okay, so he jumps out and he kills the former, and now Rawhead Rex begins his rampage across the Irish countryside. Um, so Howard Hallenbeck now he sees him at some point. The and, and as the police are investigating, he goes and talks to the police. He tells the police, "I think I saw something." They kind of make fun of him. Before you know it, Howard Hallenbeck's son is now killed by Rawhead Rex, and he's now on a mission to find Rawhead. There is a church specifically that the one final church that Helen Beck has to see. 
Um, turns out this church is somehow connected to Rawhead. There is a um, stained glass window that has what we as the audience realize is Rawhead Rex in it in a small little section. And eventually Helen Beck just figures it out as well. And that's where he discovers the 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 method to destroying Rawhead. Okay. Um, the, the There's two different priests in the church. One of them becomes a follower and the other one becomes an antagonist to Rawhead. Yeah. For the Re most part, Reverend, that is, is it Reverend, is Reverend Coop the one that basically becomes, he no. becomes raw. No, it's, I forget no. the other guy. Reverend Coot, Reverend Coot is the main, is he, he's the head of the, uh, the church. The, uh, the verger yes. is the one who becomes the, uh, the verger, um, he basically becomes yeah, rawheads like Renfield. That's basically yes, essentially. That's, that's basically what he is. He's rawheads yes. like Renfield. He follows mm -hmm. him and does whatever he says. Yeah. And, and a good know. portion of the movie is rawheads um, tear through this Irish, this poor Irish farming town. Mm -hmm. That's most of the movie is a good portion. And and Hallenbeck uncovering that it's all the same person. Yeah, basically or him him preacher. trying to. It's weird because halfway through the movie, it's like the beginning of the movie setting everything up, Rawhead's mm -hmm. kind of attack. And then midway through, it's like his son, like you said, dying is sort of the turning point in the story yes. where it's like, well, because they were leaving the town. My too. photos. Let me yeah. sit, let me kill this thing. Is Well, know. he got he got what he needed from he yeah. got what he needed from the from the church. And his wife had just had enough of being in this shitty, yeah. rainy town. So they were literally leaving and they were going to Dublin. And they pulled off the side of the road because the little girl Misty had to pee, mm -hmm. and they let her out into they let her out into a field to pee. And while the little boy is still in the car reading his comic book, Rawhead tears the door open and and pulls him out of the car and eats him in the woods. Yeah, and missed Howard, opportunity not to show it. So. <laughs> That's pretty pretty morbid. Yeah, I can <laughs> but, see that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, but how and Hallenbeck sees Rawhead going yeah. into the car, and he's stuck behind a fence, so he can't get to yeah. him to save his son. Chases him into the woods, and Rawhead's gone. He just hears the roar, and yeah. it's you know, and it's over. It's, so it, now it's he's interesting. It's it's kind of like yeah. the he becomes like the Loomis in this movie. He does. He's the Van Helsing to yep. to uh to Rawhead yep. Rex in this movie, and. And he realizes that what he just saw eat his son is the same thing he saw in the field two days ago. So he goes back to the cops and says, listen, assholes, I was right. And then there's a little boy from the trailer park who also saw this thing. And he's like, that's it. Like what I, I thought you thought I was crazy. Huh? So he becomes, <laughs> you know, he yeah. becomes a little belligerent toward them with good reason. Very good reason. <laughs> but uh so that's the point that's the whole movie it's basically rawheads tearing through this irish town Helen Beck is trying to figure out what his purpose is and the verger becomes almost a, like a disciple of rawhead because rawhead is an ancient i wouldn't say he's a god but he's tech he is seemingly immortal He's like a berserker. He's like a, yeah. he's like a demon or something. That's kind it's of something along those yeah. lines. You know, it's not really, um, it's not, they don't really explain what it is, what exactly he is, but he is something ancient. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And at one point, Helen Beck even says, when the police, when the officer says, we're, we're combing the woods, we're looking through everything. And he says to him, he says to the cop, um, he says, I think he has hiding places you haven't even thought of. And do you know why? Because I think that he has been here before. I think he belongs here. I think this is his territory and you are on it now. He knows this area better than us. And uh, uh, and it's and that's essentially the biggest explanation of what Rawhead is. He is some ancient thing that just lives here. You've I've never read the original story and I and I know you have. I know I know about it. I know the differences between them to an extent. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically I know there were a lot of changes to Rawhead himself. Yes. Yeah. Just the the design of the character or at least what Clive Barker describes the character as because I believe Clive Barker actually drew pictures of what he envisioned. Yeah. Yeah. Rawhead would look like in a live act in a movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, now I'm gonna let you take it away here since you've actually read the short story mm-hmm. and kind of elaborate on the differences between the film and the actual story itself, and then we'll go right back because there's a there's a bunch of stuff I love about this movie, but all of it is Rawhead Rex. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Um. Okay. So the main the in the book. Um, Rawhead is described, first off, he's nine feet tall. Yeah. Which Hallenbeck says nine feet. But yeah. in practice, when you see the scenes, he's clearly not nine feet tall. No. <laughs> you yeah, know? They're definitely cheating it there a bit. So. Yes, they are. He's clearly not that big. Um, But uh, in the book, he is much taller. He's skinnier and he has a bigger head. His head is actually more moon shaped. Mm-hmm. It, that's how he describes it. Like, um, I can't think of his name, but the the guy in Nightbreed, the Moonface guy. I think his the name moon, is Moonface. Yes. I think his Moonface yeah. in Nightbreed. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think the, the book describes him as being more Moonface, like a like kind of a crescent yeah. shape to his to his head. So he's more about the elongated nature of the head, and um, his now. They have de- people have described it in time over that 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 he looks like raw meat, and his they usually face, make his yeah. face, but it's actually the color of his face that is raw meat. Hmm. That is what oh, the book yeah. says that his face is the color of raw of meat. raw meat. Yes, hmm. not the shape of raw meat, but the color. Yeah. Um. He has a larger mouth which allows him to kind of open and disjoint like a snake almost. Yeah. So his head is smooth and crescent crescent shaped, but he's the color of raw meat, which is where raw head comes from. He's got a raw Where the movie doesn't play that up at all with their version of raw head Rex. (laughs) Not at all. No, the title does not fit him at all. Yeah. He's just Uh, raw head Rex because he's, that's his name. That's it. Uh, So he's got that big mouth, more like a snake that can unhinge and yet, Big mm-hmm. to swallow to 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 bite things. Um, the other uh, another thing from the book that's different is that his main thing is children. He eats children. Yeah, which they they come. Well, he eats a kid in this. He does, but, but he, th- there's a pregnant woman who he doesn't kill. That's in the book, though. 
He kills her though, right? No. 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 In the book, okay. well, well, okay. So the reason for the the in, in even in the book, his weakness is pregnant women and women on their period. Mm, okay. So fertile women are specifically what is what is he's afraid of. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, so the fact so so in the book that woman is there, but she's on her period and he smells it. She's not pregnant. No, but okay. visually, it's easier to understand it. Yeah, by her being pregnant, because pregnant. he actually is afraid of women, pregnant women as well. Yeah, yes, it's pregnant women and women on their period. Those are his weaknesses. So it was visually easier to just mm-hmm. make her pregnant. Okay, clearly we see what he's what he's afraid. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. So I'm totally fine with that change. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna say, the book to the movie, ninety percent of the book is there mm-hmm. all the scenes, all the situations, everything he does in the movie is there in mm-hmm. the book. The book just has a little bit more. Does he eat a horse? He does. He eats a pony. Yes. <laughs> pony. Yes. I, I always, I don't know why I always remember that from yeah. the book. Cause I was like, I'm surprised. I guess with, because of it was a, you know, Rawhead Rex was a low budget film. They couldn't probably achieve yeah. that effect. Yeah. But I always remember that, like, because I've never read the story, but I, I've like read about it, like yeah. just to know, like the because I love the movie and I was just curious what was different. I it always stood out to me that he eats a pony, and I'm yep. like, damn, rawhead. <laughs> yep that that scene in the movie is almost shot is almost beat for beat in the in the book. Yeah, but it's a man and his wife and their daughter, and their daughter has a pony. Mm, and they okay. see the open you left you left the gate open and he says what and he looks out the window and he sees movement in the uh, uh the garage or the shed yeah says, you left the gate open you yeah. know <laughs> he sees movement so he gets his gun and he goes out there because that's where his daughter's pony is yeah so he's going Raw out there munching yes, because, on it <laughs> because it's so uh, well uh, i um no when he by the time he gets there the pony's already dead Oh, okay. Gotcha. He already did it. Like he just—it was food. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. food. Rawhead puts his arms around, uh, puts his arms around him, grabs him, and just like chomps down on him because he, like <laughs> said, he's got that, he's got that, um, that snake. Yeah, kind of, you know, where he can unhinge his jaw and See, get real wide. I feel like the movie with when we were describing Rawhead, they tried to achieve that yes, with. I think that's why I too. said like kind of xenomorph style, yes. kind of mouth jaws extending. Yes. Um, teeth that kind of grab stuff and bring it in, I guess, like where his mouth can widen. Yes. Yeah, uh, you the, do see his yeah. teeth kind of like open, like they but go not as out wide as. The, then, yeah, in, you do see it. In my mind, Rawhead in the book can swallow a puppy. I don't a puppy, a, not a puppy, a pony. In my mind, I'm like he just gobbled the entire. I'm sure that's not what happens, but in my no, mind, because in, in the book too, he's very he's like rail thin. He's very well, skinny. And, and I just and, this tall like stick with a giant head. And apparently, what I also picked on besides Rawhead eating a horse, mm-hmm. and this just goes back to some of the people involved, what they said when describing Rawhead in the. And this will go back to the movie and some of the problems it had. But Rawhead in in the initial the initial kind of drawings when they were creating and designing this creature was more phallic. He looked like a dick. That's kind of uh, what they said Clive Barker envisioned. More of like a giant male appendage, a big big dick yeah. <laughs> with teeth. 
that eats everything and is crazy and just, you know, insane and just wreaking havoc. Yeah. Like, you know, nothing can can calm him down. I see that. And I, I, I can't, I can't fully argue because Clive Barker's drawings do look like that. It's very skinny and he's got, I don't think he looks like a giant dick. I think that his head <laughs> big giant looks, dick with teeth. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he looks that yeah. way though. I yeah. think that in Clive Barker's drawings, his head looks like the head of a penis. Yeah, he's like more phallic. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's but as I said, that's not how he described him in the book. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I think those are Barker's drawings later. Yeah. And people are applying it to the book because I'm sorry, you know for a fact there are tons of and tons of fans that will argue, well, that's not what it's like in the book. And they never read the fucking book. No, so what course. the fuck do they know? They're not going to know. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and in reality, they couldn't make this. A, it wouldn't have been intimidating no. to be a and giant, pop- skinny, dick looking thing with teeth. It's it maybe. possible. Yeah. But the reasoning, the reasoning why they didn't do that is because it was 1986 when they were shooting it. Yeah. This is the height of the video nasty era. They were afraid if they got too explicit with it. Like, I mean, there are scenes in the book where Rawhead literally jerks off. He's literally jerking (laughs) off and coming. He comes on the fucking priest on the verger. All we get is a piss on the. (laughs) He fucking jerks off on the verger. He jerks off onto him. Seriously. Yes. Wow. So they're equivalent. (laughs) He's running around with his big dick hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because in the movie. He pees that, on that him. No, he does pee happens, on him in the book too. He pisses on him. Yeah. Oh, no, so he, he does, does both. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a few times where fucking Rawhead is down the field just jerking off for no reason. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he's I'm just immature. fucking jerking off because he's so he's so pleased with himself and who he killed and what he just did. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Damn, Rawhead. I didn't know you were that loose. Um, but, but, but the fact is that they were really worried that a lot of the sexual overtones of it, things like that, and a lot of the more implicit, like expl- explicit yeah. violence would be cut because it was the height of the video nasty it's era. Not, they're like, dude. yeah, they're like, None if we make movie. this, no, it's because they didn't even shoot it. Yeah. Because they said if we shoot this, we're not going to be, we're not going to be able to release it. It's going to get banned before we even release it. And that's it. The movie's done. There's no escape! Keep your voice down, he's in the rectory! You think I don't know? I see what he sees. He wants you, you know. Wants to baptize you. You're out of your mind. No! I simply saw the light. The movie was originally greenlit with a two and a half million dollar budget. Yeah, it was really low budget. Oh, initially, it was even lower than that, right? It was initially released with it, it would, and the, and and Pavlo Pavlo was hired two and a half million dollar budget, mm-hmm. and somewhere through the course of shooting, they cut it to one and a half million, and they didn't tell him. Wow! So they were cutting things without even telling him. So when he would get to portions of the production, they he would like, well, wait, where is this? Oh, we didn't do that. Why? We can't afford it. We can't afford it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I read and, and saw on the on the Blu-ray that they built Rawhead, the animatronic head, because it's mm-hmm. two. There's there's a yes. suit version where yep. the actor is inside the suit and it's kind of a stationary head that doesn't yep. really move much. It's just a rubber mask, yeah. basically. And he's running around in that. And then they created an animatronic mm-hmm. version that's more of like a puppet for yep. tight shots of his face. 
And apparently they built all that in four weeks, which is yeah. crazy yeah. to think. And, and and to the best of to to my understanding, uh, a lot of that was cut from shooting, not from the final edit. Yeah, they cut a lot of the shoot because they didn't want to pay the animatronics extra, the animatronic operators extra yeah. days. Because an animatronic like that, especially back then in '86, '85, yeah, whenever you had four this, yeah. or five guys standing there with remote controls, one yeah. would do the eyebrows, one would do the jaw, one would do the ears, one would do six you know, people to control one head exactly. Yeah. And they cut a lot of their time too because they just didn't want to pay for them. Because they couldn't yeah. pay for them. Not even they won't. They it's, cutting a million dollars off of a budget is huge. Yeah, That's, dude. Of they course. literally cut the movie to with a, inflation. Like, imagine in eighty eight, well, they were probably shooting this in eighty five pre production and all that. That's yeah. Nothing. Imagine taking yeah. a twenty million dollar movie and saying you only have twelve million now. Yeah, it's two million back in the day was a lot of money, but even yeah, yeah but even cutting that in half was yeah. you know. I mean, it was low budget for then too, like two, yeah, two and a half million sure. dollar film. You're talking about something like fucking, like, uh, like an, like your average Dan Aykroyd movie was thirty million dollars at the yeah. time, yeah, twenty to thirty million, and he would get a million dollars right off the bat. Just him, just his, just his salary just him. alone. Just yeah. him, yeah. Your average yeah. comedy, like, fuck, we were watching the other day. We we're watching City Slickers. Yeah, you look at the Jack Palance and uh, Billy Crystal. And uh, oh, what's his name from Home Alone? John, oh, well, John Lovitz. Oh, and uh, Daniel John Stern. John Lovitz. He's in part two. No, Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern. Daniel Stern. You know, yeah. but just look at the cast alone. Um, and and there was a quite a few, quite All a lot movies. of other. Yeah. Uh, but those, even those comedies at the time were 20, 30, 40, sometimes fifty million dollars, yeah. because the actors alone commanded it. Yeah. You're talking about horror, a horror movie shot in Ireland somewhere. That it was cut from two and a half to one and a half million. Like I said, that's the equivalent today of going from a twenty million dollar budget to a twelve or thirteen million dollar yeah. budget. It's a third of the film. Yeah, like that's painful. Especially if you go into it thinking that's what you're getting, and then you're just completely like, just and they don't even tell the it. rug pulled from yeah. underneath you. Well, when, literally, yeah. And when you and when you kind of read about Rawhead Rex and the production, it was excruciating. It was grueling. It was cold. Mm -hmm. Raining um, for a month straight. They had <laughs> Ireland. Yeah, like, literally. We can't even like we haven't gotten into the ending yet, but you can't even imagine what these people were oh. experiencing making this movie to the point that at the end of the movie, half of the crew quit. That's yeah. how bad the experience was making this movie. That George Pavlo, Pavlo, whatever, had mm -hmm. to beg them. To, to come back, to get some of the crew back to finish the movie because it was just such a terrible experience, you know, making the, making this thing. I, so I am crazy. I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair um, assessment to assume that's due to a lack of money, to money being pulled course, out from low, low, low budget movie. man. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, no. I, again, I don't even think it's because it's low budget because you make pay, the movie. Yeah. It's the fact that a million dollars was missing from the budget and the director didn't know it. Yeah, sucks. That's what sucks. I I think that that sure, is. Clive Barker biggest. wasn't happy either, and this was him. You know, he's younger Clive um, Barker, but Barker. Okay, so my 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 issue, like, okay, I love Clive Barker's stories. Yeah, absolutely love his stories. I love his books. I love his stories. I love his scripts and everything. But I, I genuinely do not understand his hate for this movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I really don't. Now it's cheesy and it's bad and everything, but 
I also feel like Clive Barker at the time, mm-hmm. at the time. This was a young Clive Barker, dude. He yes. was a lot younger. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like Clive Barker did not understand how to make a movie. And oh, as sure. much as I love Hellraiser, yeah. I think Hellraiser is proof that he didn't know how to make a movie. Of course. You of know, course. that was um, his first film. It was like first film and, as a director. Yes. And I think I, I fucking love Hellraiser. I absolutely love yeah, it. So I do I. <laughs> I have yeah, yeah. here. I got a, I got I got a, I got a eight full inch pinhead pin yeah. tattoo on my leg, full body pinhead yeah, tattoo yeah. on my leg. You know, we've shown off that I have all of the boxes yeah. and all this. I have all this stuff before. I absolutely love Hellraiser, but the editing in that movie is absolute trash. Yeah, it's pretty rough when you really think when the you really sitting is garbage. Two was an improvement in that department. Yeah. Vast improvement because yeah, yeah. he learned how to make a movie. Yeah, and I think it was more of of a producer role in the second one, if I remember. And you wrote it as well, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I really feel like you watch Hellraiser one, and people love it. And but I, 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 you know, I've I've said this for years. Yeah. People need to take their nostalgia glasses off, and look at it and say, if you watched Hellraiser today for the first time ever, what would you think of this film? Of course, for 1986, 1987, this was this was an achievement. And I think it's great for what he did, but like the Jesus wept line, I fucking hate it. I've always hated that line. I think it's terrible. It doesn't so iconic. Everyone remembers it. (laughs) And I think you don't like it. Yeah. yeah, As a direct, as a director, I would have cut that shit out and gone with something else. I would have said, what what is the point of it? We don't ever mention Jesus once in the entire film. We do not talk about Christianity in this film. But yeah. the actor ad-libbed it and he kept it in. He's like, yeah, sure, that's cool. It's like, here's Johnny in The Shining. It yeah. was ad-libbed mm-hmm. and it made sense at the time. But I guarantee you there are there is an entire generation of, of horror fans that have watched The Shining over the last 20, 25 years have no idea who the fuck Johnny is. No, of course. that's, that's yeah. It doesn't mean shit. Why would he say, "I well, here's Johnny? Who the hell is Johnny? His name is Jack. Because they don't know who the fuck Johnny Carson is. Johnny yeah. Carson had been on the air at 40 years at this point. <laughs> and, you know? and what's, what's, what's funny about Clive Barker, and I've always said this, and I and don't get me wrong, I do enjoy Clive Barker is, mm-hmm. and this is going back to Rawhead Rex, don't worry, Look, guys. I think, I think it's totally <laughs> I think I think it's totally fair to be to have dissenting opinions on yeah. things. It is a critique. Yeah, I think Clive Barker and the reason why and he is, you know, very well known. He's up there, yeah. but he's not up there with the likes of John Carpenter, George Romero. He's not up there. There's a you know, even Stephen King. He's, no, because there's a, a reason. I think yes. he is good at creating stories and characters. When you think about Rawhead Rex, which we're talking about right now, Candyman, Hellraiser, Pinhead, Lord of, Lord Illusions, of Illusions, Nightbreed. But when you look at his movies, besides Hellraiser, like Nightbreed Candyman, wasn't and Candyman, and but, Candyman, Candyman. but he but didn't even direct. Candyman is very yeah. different from the book. Yeah, he didn't direct Candyman, though. Nope. He didn't direct that movie. But like as a director, I'm talking strictly okay. as a director. Okay. Okay. He never ascended to that level as those other directors that we know and love that are known as like masters of horror. Like you, you don't really, yeah. you don't ever, you, if you notice, everyone mentions John Carpenter. They mention Wes Craven. They mention George Romero. They even throw Stephen King up there and he hasn't directed that many movies, but it's Stephen King. Yeah. 
But, you know, you think of all these directors, David Cronenberg, all these guys. You see everyone mention them. You never see anyone lump in Clive Barker with with those people because the movies he directed, besides the first Hellraiser, were never these big things. They didn't become these juggernaut. Yeah, Pinhead's popular. Pinhead. He's a yeah. product of the 80s when Freddie and all I, these wisecracking and kind of personality, these characters with personalities were a thing. Yeah, I, I, I think he's an amazing writer. I think he's yes. one of the greatest storytellers of the last maybe, maybe I'm going to say of the 20th century, mm-hmm. especially yeah. when it comes to horror. He is one of the greatest. But unfortunately, he's a shitty director. He yeah. was, he's not a, he's, excuse me. I'm being, I'm just being yeah. shitty by saying that, but no, yeah. he's not a director. He's not a director. That's no. what I, that's what I was he's not a director. At. He's yeah. he, to me, just like Sculpting, Stephen King, not painting, a great director. Stephen writing, King. Yes. Stephen King's not a director. He's a no, writer. He's not. Maximum he's a Overdrive. Writer. No, he, I love I Maximum like, Overdrive. I love, no. I love it too. But, but no. But again, when I listed off those names of directors yep. everyone knows and loves, and us as horror fans, those are the people we go yeah. by. Clive Barker's never like they never lump him in with those because you can't put Maximum yeah. Overdrive and and Hellraiser <laughs> next to The Fly. No, yeah, no, or even I, Halloween or Nightmare no, on Elm Street, even no. one of those movies. You know yeah. what I mean? Pinhead so. as a character, yes. Hellraiser as a movie, no. Dude, it I love Candyman's one of my favorite movies of all time. But, you know what I mean? I know I know you love it too. But, oh, you know, fucking yeah. I know, yeah. No, this I love one. there we go. I love that movie. <laughs> and I and once again, yeah, you have your Candyman tattoo. I have a Candyman yeah. tattoo that Tony Todd <laughs> has in his personal photo album. Which is pretty funny, yeah. Which is amazing. He literally <laughs> took a picture with it because he loved it so much. That's funny. Uh but yeah, when you look at Candyman and you know, I know what the I know is the forbidden, the original story completely different like there's helen and stuff like that there are aspects just like rawhead rex but they did change stuff about it that's more iconic the original Candyman story is very very short yeah and like it's he's like, not african-american he's not like they don't really oh focus. no it doesn't even it doesn't even get yeah, into any it doesn't even get into that yeah so i'm saying it doesn't get into so it. the it's things just we the love of Candyman. that's it the, the things we love about Candyman as a character mm-hmm. is completely different than what clive yep. barker wrote and i think to kind of take it back to rawhead rex yeah, this is an example. Not that the not that Rawhead Rex as a movie is you know this Academy Award winning thing, or even as good as Candyman or Hellraiser. Because in my opinion, Candyman and Hellraiser are better made movies. I think Candyman's personally a better made movie than even Hellraiser. Yeah, but I think you know that Rawhead Rex is probably on the lower end, obviously, when it comes to <laughs> comes to his stuff. But yes. You know, it's it's a movie and it's a product of the time. And I think Clive Barker just and I guess that's why maybe he disowned this movie. And he didn't disown Hellraiser because he directed it. And I don't believe he disowned Candyman. Right. He didn't disown Candyman. Right. So it's weird that this movie he felt the need to kind of disown and or. Yeah. And that's why I said I I don't understand his. I guess he was just young and he didn't. He was. He was young and idealistic and he didn't understand why they couldn't make a movie word for word what he did. Uh, Like I said, big dick with teeth running around eating ponies. And and (laughs) the director even said, like, look, we can't make that. I think your God is afraid, Declan. No. Yes. Afraid to set foot in Christ's house. No! 
So in the movie, Hallenbeck discovers that there is, he, again, he's walking through, he's looking at the stained glass windows, and the main priest just tells him that over time, the church has had, uh, has been destroyed over time, yeah. and, the, and the glass has been broken, and they they put it back together as best as possible. So he realizes that the photo, that, that, that the glass of Rawhead is in one window, and the thing that destroys him is in another. And he realizes how well they fit together. And the thing that destroys him is this stone. Maybe about, I'm going to say maybe a foot tall. Mm -hmm. It's a stone and it is shaped like a pregnant woman. In the book, it's shaped more like a fat woman. Interesting. Large, large breasts. The way he explains it is large breasts full of babies. And, you know, that that's how he. Interesting. (laughs) All right, Clive Barker. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it is the epitome of female fertility. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yes. Got it. Okay. So in the book and in the movie, when the priest dies after Rawhead slashes him and rips his throat out or whatever, he tells Howard in the movie, um, the altar, what he's afraid of is in the altar. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the altar and that's the same in the book. Same thing in the book. He goes to the altar. Now in the book, the only difference is that the alt, there is no glass stained glass window. Oh, okay. When he pulls the sheet off the window, the altar itself has raw head etched on it. Gotcha. Okay. But the stone is still inside. In the movie, he opens and the stone is in there. See, in the movie, they make it, again, this goes back to just keeping things a little more ambiguous. It's, you know, there's something there yes. because the priest touches it. The yep. other Same priest the touches book. it. Same thing in the book. And they, their hands get burned or whatever, yep. but we never see it because it's covered by like a tapestry or something. It's like yes. a sheet over it or yes. something. So they they leave that ambiguous the entire film until he puts two and two together with mm-hmm. the missing glass and all that. So in this, in the book and in the movie, it kind of plays out the same way you're talking. It does. Me. No, it does. Yeah. It totally. So yeah. I think in the movie, they decided to do the stained glass window for two reasons. Number one, it's visual. a visual, it's a visual yeah. medium. We want to see it. And number the two, stained glass image of Rawhead Rex is awesome. Just the way it looks with the red eyes, the light beaming through it yeah. and it makes the eyes red. It's it a cool, cool visual. Yeah. Yes. So I think that number one, it's great visually. And number yeah. two, you wonder why this priest has never questioned why there's this fucking monster carved into the altar that he's doing <laughs> yeah. sermons on. You would yeah. wonder why. Wait, wait, you've never noticed this fucking thing before? What are you kidding me? Yeah, it's a little strange. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's um, convenient. It's a it's a movie the, though, so you gotta the, kind of Yes. The book you know. tells a little bit more of a little bit more of the backstory. I'm gonna say maybe a page more. Of the backstory. Well, not that much more elaborate than the movie. <laughs> uh he makes it very clear that they know this creature existed. The townspeople. Yeah. Okay. So like the guy in the beginning, the farmer, why is this giant obelisk in the middle of his fucking farm? And he's never destroyed to try to take, take it out before because he just bought the farm and he's tilling it for the first time in decades. So these are it's, small details that kind of. Exactly. Move things forward yes. and kind of so a little more understanding of why yeah. he exists. Yeah. yeah, in the book they explain how this side of town has been abandoned because they know the creature is under there. So nobody, so people haven't haven't they haven't uh, tilled the land, they haven't planted there, nothing, because his evil is buried there and they want to leave it there, and that's become folklore of the town. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why you start in the beginning. Where's this giant goddamn thing? You never thought to remove it before. You've been a farmer for yeah. how long? <laughs> it's just been sitting there. <laughs> yeah, he literally just got the land. 
So and he and he's and it's again that's why I say in the book it's not an obelisk. He's overturning and he finds a stone in the dirt, mm-hmm. and he decides to pull it out and it's stuck. So he yeah, goes yeah. through the same thing and he digs and he digs and he digs and he keeps going down there and the thing just keeps getting deeper. So so versus the movie where this thing is ten feet in the air in the book he's actually in a ten foot di- ditch. Mm-hmm. He just keeps digging deeper and this fucking thing doesn't doesn't move. Yeah. Finally gets to a point where he pushes on it and it shifts a little bit. He's like, okay, I'm almost there. And that's when he decides to pull it out because mm-hmm. Rawhead is real deep down there. Um, so anyway, so when we get to the ending, so he pulls in the movie, he pulls uh uh Hallenbeck lifts the thing, he pulls this this female pregnant female stone out and he says okay here it is and he goes after rawhead and he holds it up over his head and rawhead and meat initially is a little like yeah he's scared of it <laughs> he's taken back immediately yeah and then he realizes hang on a second here and then he starts coming after him and then him and hallenbeck get in a fight and the stone hits the ground and then the woman <laughs> it's pretty hysterical the fight yeah, that they have really <laughs> he's smacking <laughs> he's smacking up howard <laughs> throwing him around yeah, shaking him. It's so fucking ridiculous. And um, <laughs> Howard's wife shows up and she's Howard. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she picks up that like she sees it. And again, it's something that's not really portrayed. It's not really shown very well in the movie, but um, it's essentially. Now, this is completely different from the book at this point. Mm-hmm. totally different from the book so this is just the movie from this point forward mm-hmm. it's only the movie um she picks it up and in my interpretation this not as it all is this as i said this thing is the symbol of female fertility mm-hmm. i feel when she saw it she felt it yeah that connection became evident to her which is why she picks it up and she uses it she lifts it and this kind of spirit of you know femininity comes out and raw head immediately and yeah you know and it destroys him in these weird beams lasers and all that yeah yeah kind of it almost looks like i gotta be honest what's really cool is they kind of make it look like they're in stonehenge with the with the because they're they're in a cemetery but the way they do it with everything rolling around it looks like they're in Stonehenge with these weird spirits kind of floating mm-hmm. around. And they all boom, boom, one, boom, on, on Rawhead's chest. And then the ground opens up and he falls in. You know? And all this concrete slams yes. on top of him. Yep, and everything falls and he dies. Now, yeah. in the book, um, the guy, again, I think his name is Andy. He's holding the He's holding the thing and Rawhead is visually afraid of it. And he's coming at him and he's afraid and he's backing up. Um, and then the townspeople now remember now earlier in the film, he attacked an entire, um, trailer park. Yeah. And all these people are ready to go after him and they start to, they're doing this, this search and everything. These people now show up and Andy sees them coming into the cemetery. They see him coming Mm -hmm. into the, coming into the area and he just keeps backing raw head up and raw heads backing away from him till they hit him in the back. And oh, so it's kind of like a, a mob. 
yes. is more involved with, they with literally defeating beat, Rawhead. They literally yeah, beat yeah, yeah. him down. They bats and fight yeah. and everything, and they beat him down. Like this whole group of people beat him down yeah. and beat him, beat him, beat him. And then he takes the stone, and Andy eventually hits Rawhead in the head, and it cracks his skull open. Wow, it's so different from the movie. Yes, totally different. Yeah, it cracks his skull open, and it kills him. Mm. And people have always said... That in the book, it's much better because the thing is physically used to kill him, but it's not. If you go back a little bit, what actually happened was Rawhead, when I said earlier, he finds out how to make fire easily. And he starts burning everything to the ground. He's having so much fun burning shit. He's on fire. His skin is burning. His hair is burning. He's blind because of the fire. He oh, has so burned like, himself alive. He's so alive. dumb, he doesn't yes. realize that. Yeah. He has <laughs> burned himself yeah. alive, and he's almost completely blinded and by the time he's yeah. fighting Andy. So when the, all these people are beating him, they're beating this thing that has bur- been burnt to a crisp already. He almost killed himself, basically. Yeah, so it's like they get the, they got a, they got a head start, I guess, in, uh, in beating, like destroying him and burning him and doing all that. Interesting. Yeah. Very different from the Very movie. Very different. And that's why I think that the movie actually actually works better because he re- Barker wrote the yeah. script and I think the movie works better considering that the that the that the, the, the creature has a very phallic look to him mm-hmm. you know um and he's afraid of pregnant women and women on their periods it's a very man versus woman thing which yeah. is always like Jesus Barker you're fucking gay what do you know <laughs> what do you know yeah. about men and women like I'm, I'm not I'm just being shitty about yeah, it yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah yeah <laughs> I'm it's just being it, shitty about it you want to hear something <laughs> funny about the ending and it, it, it so I, I love the movie, but I've always felt the ending felt kind of out of nowhere, mm-hmm. not because of what it represents, but yeah. more so because the character of uh, Elaine mm-hmm. doesn't do much. No. She is just the wife. Yeah. The whole movie. Yeah. Not saying anything bad about the, a- the no. actor portraying about her, but more so she minimal. adds nothing. You're following Howard the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So when she comes in and out, she's holding the kids. She's, you know, in the pre-scenes with she's the cops. Mother. She doesn't really that's, do much. She's a mother. That's So it's she's... just like, conven- I guess like that's the, con- it's almost like the answer was there the entire time, which is smart when, yes. you, when you really think about it. But in telling a story screenplay, the movie, yes. not the, not the short story, it just feels kind of out of nowhere. It's yeah. like, okay, she just shows up, Howard, she and then does. she grabs, and she, she grabs this stone, raises it above her head, and the fucking lady in white comes out of it, and she starts, yeah, pretty much. Out. That's basically to go back to the last episode we covered, the last movie. The lady <laughs> in white shows up and defeats Rawhead by shooting him with lasers and stuff. Yep. It's a cool visual. Everything about it looks cool. But it is random. And that's yeah. always been. And it's funny because in my notes, I have my only really dislike about this movie is how rushed the ending feels and out of mm-hmm. left field it feels because she really, Elaine does nothing in the movie. No. At one point, she's even a shitty mom. She has a line of dialogue when the, the daughter has to go pee and she goes behind the bush. She's got to grow up sometime. This girl's like four that's in the years book old. She's like four. She's like yeah. a baby, like a toddler yeah. almost. So it's like, I didn't even. I wasn't even rooting for this woman. 
the entire movie. Like she's kind of a pain in the ass to Howard. She's yeah. kind of an asshole to her like little tiny cute like little daughter. Like you, I felt so like in that scene where she literally tells the daughter, you know, she has to grow up sometime. You feel bad for her. She's so innocent and like she just and then Howard who is very likable in the movie. And we haven't even gotten into the cast, but I think Howard's likable. He's like, you know, she's little. Like, I'll take her. I'm going to go with her. And that's the reason why his son dies. She's got to grow up sometime. And he yeah. says, not until I'm good and ready. Yeah. And and you know what? My brother, who has three kids, yeah. he has that same mentality. You know, while a lot of the time his his wife will kind of be like, yeah. look, they, they're kids. They got to they gotta figure this out. Yeah. And he's very much like, Nope, those that's my little girl. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> my and brother that's, has and, very much my little girl. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And as a you know, when you watch a movie, obviously it's fiction, but you're still gonna take references and stuff like that from real life. Yes. So it's like as a character, I just felt like she was kind of underutilized. And then to have her be the reason that she yeah. defeats Rawhead Rex. Yeah. So that's always been kind of like the one major issue I had. And again, I've never read the story, so she's, you know. She's, no, that again, that doesn't never, happen in the book. Yeah, no, she's, doesn't she plays happen. no part in, in no. the ending in the book. Nope. So, but I, but that I, whole I scene like of her going, she's got to grow up sometime. That's in the book, and and, and the symbolism <laughs> and the symbolism of or the allegory, I guess, in the movie of Rawhead, you know, representing masculinity and which, kind of overpowering and which being is totally horny true it's it's being that en enraged and then this like i guess soft because even when she has the stone it's like this pretty situation you know kind of counters mm -hmm. what rawhead represents it's cool it's cool mm -hmm. you know but again just the execution it's yeah just, it's so odd <laughs> i mean the book the book the book is very i i do feel that because he wrote the script, uh, I found a version of the script. I haven't read it yet because it's fucking fifteen dollars, and I'm like, how much do I really want to read this script? You know. But I did Jesus, find 15? fifteen bucks for his, for a PDF of his of yeah, a PDF, not even like a, a not even, yeah, not even like buying a, nice a published little, version, a little binded PDF. version. They'll send you something. Yeah, like if I would yeah. like if I were to buy it, and I were to get like a like a bound printed version. What yeah. fifteen bucks for a PDF of a forty year old script? Jesus, interesting. <laughs> um, so I have not read that yet, but I am under the assumption that because he wrote the script, a lot of those male versus female elements were still in the original script. Mm -hmm. So her being, and again, he wrote the ending and I think he realized that that ending fits better because yeah. it is the woman taking him down. I honestly, when I read the, when I read the story, the townspeople beating him down didn't I was like okay so what that's how that's how who Halloween cares? kills ends yeah I was like who cares so these town peoples who didn't know that he existed beforehand or yeah, they, you yeah. know that oh here he is and suddenly they're just gonna beat him with bats I was like yeah. this is kind of cheap it's funny too because the movie like us talking about what she represents Elaine mm -hmm. and then what you know what Rawhead represents and then the stone and when you really think about it, the movie is sort of bookend yep. by that. It's bookend yes. by the family, her, and then her defeating him. You know, obviously Howard helps her. Mm -hmm. But the middle portion of the movie is him going on this rampage and he literally kills women. Like it's, 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 which so, is, it, it's nobody like does. Slasher movie. No, no, he, I know. He but I guess actually, not. in the book, he relishes in being able to kill women and children. I do want to point something out too. Uh, it's I always got a kick out of this. This is in my notes. I think it's fucking hysterical. Mm. There's that scene. 
right? Because we kind of brushed over it, but there's a scene in the movie, and we'll get back to what you're about to say. There's yep. a scene in the movie where there's these people just hanging out, drinking. It's like four people in a trailer. In the trailer park, yeah. Yes, hanging out, drinking. Now, Rawhead just being there looks ridiculous. Mm. He fucking ridiculous. It's so fucking dumb looking, but I love it. He pushes over, and this goes back to him killing women. Pushes over the fucking trailer, right? And this is the fucking most, it's just hilarious, dude. So he's... You know, one of the guys tries to climb out of the uh, out of the trailer. He sees Rawhead. Rawhead grabs him, kills him, whatever. There's this, like, attractive woman. Very attractive. She yeah. gets grabbed from Rawhead. And one of the dudes tries to help her. Mary. Mary. <laughs> pulls her dress. Boob action. For it. no reason. It is fucking so. And I'm like, they just needed to get nudity in this movie. And uh, that was it. There it's is so a... funny, dude. Unintentionally hilarious because, like, her, her dress, like, Rawhead's pulling her out. He's not trying to pull her dress off, but the guy grabs her dress accidentally trying to grab her. And then she rips dress, it off. It's like some dumb and dumber shit. And, yeah. like, the dress gets ripped off and she's just topless now. They had to get some nudity. I, uh, there like, is a scene pointless. similar to that in the in the story too but i don't think it's a trailer park but there is a scene similar to that where women's clothes get ripped off and stuff where rawhead relish again he relishes he enjoys it, to kill. it which would he have does. made more sense where yes. it felt like that would have been a scene where they could have played up rawhead grabbing this woman mm-hmm. seeing her naked and then maybe like peeing on her yeah laughing, ah, ha, ha. Like, jerking off or suddenly he gets well, they hard. wouldn't have done that dude, but dude there are moments where rawhead is hard killing women there when the mm. priest um when the priest not 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 the verger <laughs> not the um not yeah. the renfield when the priest gets the vision of rawhead's history He's got a heart on. It gives oh him a heart on. Like this is the thing. Like Whoa. the story. No, seriously, the story yeah. has a lot of that in it. A lot of sexual undertones. It's yes. very yes. It's very heavily about um, male virility. Mm. It's probably it like oh, it, he was aroused yes, while reading this. Dude, or something. constantly, yeah. constantly. Oh wow, I've got to read this. Yes, it sounds fucking insane. Yes, when compared there's, to the movie, there's quite a few times where they talk about someone experiencing Rawhead and having a hard-on. The Dude, priest has a hard-on. of that's no, in the movie. No, it's not. No. kind of crazy. They could have added a little bit of it. It would have And I think that's helped. what they were afraid of. That They were yeah. afraid of all that would be cut anyway, so they didn't want to waste, especially knowing, especially when he found out that the budget was cut in, almost in yeah. half. He's like, we can't waste time shooting shit that, that, that's going to get cut. We can't waste time and money doing it. Uh, but no, it, there is a lot about male virility and female fertility in the story, which is why I think that the ending in the movie makes a lot more sense. The problem is too much of those virility elements of the book, which were probably in the script, were cut out of it. He got into the altar. I couldn't stop him, but you can kill him. <laughs> Considering its faults with the special effects mm-hmm. of the creature of Rawhead 
and all kind of the problems it's had behind the scenes with budget and all the sex stuff being cut out. Why do you love Rawhead Rex? And I'll tell you why I love it afterwards. You know, I've always enjoyed the monster movie aspect of it. I think Rawhead is funny. When I was a kid, I thought he looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> when you see him straight yes, on, he does look like Arnold. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he does. You know, um, and I always thought that was funny. And I've said that to people over time, and they're like, "Oh my god, I've never noticed that." It's like, how did you yeah. not notice that? Especially those shots where the camera is dead on his face, yeah. and his eyes are just, and he's yeah. got the open mouth. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall, pulling the thing out of his nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know, that right. that's fucking like, it up funny. I always thought that's what he looked like. So I thought it was kind of funny. And but I, I just it's just one of those movies I've always watched and I've always loved it. And it was also being the age that I was. It was one of those films that I was probably too. I was technically too young to have been watching of something course. so violent. Yeah. And, you know, um, but, you know, I grew up in I grew up in the in the good old US of A where we don't care <laughs> about violence. We only care about nudity. And there's only one scene with nudity. So it's not that. And it's like <laughs> and there it's, and gone. <laughs> And it's honestly pointless. So it's, it's, it's totally unnecessary. Pointless. An unnecessary. You know, and it's it's over so quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's so hysterical, dude. You know? And and for me, that's kind of so I can appreciate what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. They, they they play this movie straight. Yes. Yeah. And oh, un- absolutely. Unfortunately, Rawhead as a character, there's nothing straight about him. There's nothing you will not. There's, <laughs> yes, there is. You cannot play that character straight. The um, scenes where he's running, there's a couple <laughs> moments where he's running where the actor actually had to kind of lift it up a little bit dude. to see. So you can see it like the head is just hanging dude. back and he's. He's running at the screen, <laughs> and it's like you can tell the actor is looking through the looking through the neck. Yes. <laughs> Dude, my favorite shot in the movie, and this is what I love. I said, plain it to cut it short, I love this movie because of how fucking ridiculous it is and it how is. serious it takes it's, itself. The it's source ridiculous. material, from what I what I know and what I've read, because I've read a lot about you know the story and like what you talked about, and you gave us the breakdown of the of the actual short story. That I can see them taking that, trying to make a serious film and failing. But making this a very cult movie and make and, and I appreciate that. And him as a character, yeah, is hysterical. He's running in and out of scenes. There is a shot, and going back to what you just said, where we get, I guess it's the animatronic Rawhead Rex head running through this foggy wooded area and there's just like branches smacking him in the face and like he's pushing them out of the way it's fucking hysterical and like and you you can tell he's on a dolly too because it's yes. so still you can tell it was just a chest yes up. like chest at the top of his head that's it and do i that. remember yep. dude I watched this for the first time when I was like 17 or something. I don't really? Know wow. I might have rented it at Marquee Video, which has come up on the show before. Um, I watched it so later in life and I watched it and thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. And that's why I loved it. It's quite possible. You probably saw that I had I seen this. I probably I had it in my house and you decided, fuck it, let me go watch this movie. Probably. It's quite possible because I've had this DVD forever. Like when is this? We might have this DVD seen came this out together. in 99. You, we might have seen this together. Maybe you burned me a copy of it on DVD. It's possible I, I don't too. know. Yeah. I just saw it as a teenager. I did not see it as a look, kid. 
99 artisan artisan yeah. brought it out. Wow, artisan so, had the, the yeah. The I mean, I remember it. I got this when it came out because I was like, oh my god, I bought it at Fye when Tiffany worked there. Wow, yeah. So <laughs> I yeah, was dude, so excited that Rawhead Rex had a DVD release. It's a ridiculous movie, and that's kind of why I loved it. I saw it as a teenager, an immature teenager, and was like, this is fucking terrible. I love it. And mm-hmm. that's it. You know, and like I said, the fact that everyone else is take like, like David Duke, he's great in this, and he is trying his best. Giving it act, his all. He really to, is. To act the shit out of this movie, but yep. it is ridiculous. There is the shot of the fucking Renfield priest getting pissed on and just shaking his head. Ah, loving it. It's, it's in the fucking, book. It's hysterical. It's though, in the, the book. Vision. In fact, in fact, in the, in the book, book, it probably reads better than it does. It's in the, the same. Book. It's <laughs> the same thing. The priest sees yeah. him and he's watching yeah. him and he pissed to add to it. As he's doing it, he holds his hands out and he cups the piss and then drinks it. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see Gross. what I mean? Like you watch yes. now, now, th- now picture this. I'm sure that was in the script, but here's the thing. Picture this. You watch that in the film. Now you're going to watch somebody drink the piss. And it's <laughs> like the piss. Yeah. It was oh, already God. silly. How much silly, like a silly. lot of this is, is yeah. so great in concept, but in execution, yeah. like, Oh, come on. Seeing it in live action. Doesn't <laughs> be even more ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, that's my favorite thing about the movie. It is ridiculous, and that's that's my favorite my favorite aspect of anything that's anytime I recommend Rawhead Rex to people, I'm like, I was recommending it to Chris, part it's of the ridiculous. Haunted Hangover Squad. Chris had never even heard of this movie. He's like, I don't know what the wow. hell Rawhead Rex is. I told him it's a Clive wow. Barker short story. And I said, dude, watch this movie. It is going to make you laugh for 90 minutes. And it's a quick watch. It's only like an hour and 29 it minutes. It's the, short. Hell, the, if you find there's audio books on YouTube of it, and they're two hours. Yeah. It's that it's, short of a, it really is as quick of yeah. a movie as it is a story. You can easy, read it in one sitting. Easily. Easy, easy watch. I came here to tell you something. Now, I saw something. I don't know what it is, but it was there. And it's out there right now. So what do you want to do? All right, Manny. So let's dive into the release, the Blu-ray release that we both watched. Okay. Um, I already uh, showed off my VHS, so I'll yeah. show it off again. And I'll, it's the, what year was this? Let's see. This is the Vestron Incorporated release from 1987. That's what this, that's what my VHS okay. is. That's one of the versions of the film I own. Okay. Um, I just I'm, noticed we've got the little purple horror sticker ooh, there. Rental. Purple, yeah. not, not green. It's oh, purple. That's Maybe so, Philly, they made it purple. Yeah, and Philly, those Philly people, they make it purple over there. <laughs> you know? um, uh, so I showed already, I have the DVD, yes. which is 99, and this is Artisan. Yeah. Uh, Kino Lorber did the Blu-ray release. Uh, and I have, you have the Blu-ray as well, but I have the slip case of it. You have the cool version. Of yeah, it. <laughs> I, I mean, when they announced it, I, I ordered it immediately. Like, because this is just one of those movies yeah. I have to have. So I did the pre-order and I waited a while. Uh, I'm waiting on what we're probably going to end up covering right now. And I fucking checked it yesterday. It still doesn't come <laughs> out till the end of July. God is the damn. Needful Things 4K? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard about that? I heard about it has different cuts of the movie on it. It right? has yeah. the TV cut, yeah, which is three hours. Yeah, I heard. I heard oh. about it. I haven't pre-ordered it yet. So. Oh, have you ever seen the TV cut, the three-hour cut? No, just the version, the, the normal version. I love it. On DVD I, and VHS. The three-hour version is so good. I've got to watch it. Yeah, and I've been waiting for it. They finally released it. But anyway, also Kino Lorber doing that. 
jumping into so, that in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured. I know that. I know that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Kino Lorber did this. I said I ha- I got the slip case, and that yeah. comes with this, and the inside cover is the inside is rawhead jumping is what you have is rawhead yes. jumping out of the dirt. Yeah. Um, it also comes with a book, which is about, which is more about the movie itself. Mo floor, you know, you yeah, don't, have I don't, I don't have the book for some reason. <laughs> Your version is yeah, you, better. You than got mine. the bare bone. You got the re- yeah. you got the regular release, which, you know, fine. But um, so yeah, the book has a couple of illustrations, but it's illustrations of the movie. And there's the, the new Kino Lorber art. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, uh, concept art by Paul Catling, poster art and designed by Sean Phillips. I feel like I know that name, Sean Phillips. I don't know what he's done, but anyway, uh, so it's a small little like you know three page, you know thing on the movie, and then uh, the blue. I hate. I sometimes Kino Lorber's Blu-rays drive me insane. Yeah, it's Here's kind a- of. It's so weird. It's just like the company logo, and remember, then a, the most plain text you can use. It is. Remember, yeah. Columbia Records did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I know Columbia, about, their yeah. CDs had the same thing. Like President's United States and Allison Chains had the yeah. same plain. It was just plain. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I also have the Steelbook, which is the same version. But it's the steelbook. They had it on a clearance uh, for at one point. That's really cool. Yeah, it's the, the original. Same ex- is that the original art of, of of what he was supposed to look like? No, in the inside. No, the, no. no. that's that's him in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, this is him in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see it now. Uh, it's the same book, same art, same book that's in the other one. It's the same exact thing, but I it was on clearance for like ten bucks, and I'm like, it's a steelbook. Fuck it, I'll get it. You know, because I do. I just I love the movie, so uh, it's the I, same exact disc <laughs> twice. It's the same disc twice. Same thing. Speaking of covers, yeah. I've always loved the this cover that that's on the DVD. I prefer it over what they chose, yes. even the, in the reversible uh, slip cover. I've, but I like this one with him in that like I do too. doorway, and then his eyes on top, and then the raw head Rex. Yeah, f- uh, I, logo I've at always the bottom. I've I always wanted to get a scared uh, scary stories telling the dark tattoo. Mm-hmm. But my shoulder, I wanted to be that Rawhead Rex oh, okay. head, yeah. like there. But I all, but what I wanted to add was like a tearing of the skin across the eyes and have the creep show mm. creatures create eyes yeah. and rip, you know, ripped that's across cool that. Yeah, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. And I just figured that's gonna be fucking expensive. But that thing with yeah. the creature, the crate creatures eyes. It's a cool. It's a cool cover, a, and I just it's a great. Wish- this version had the reversible of that. Yeah, my, mine does. Version, but mine doesn't. So yeah, at least, at least I held on to my VHS copy, so yeah. I've got it there. So that's good. So, uh, so uh, I'm sure yours has the same special features because yeah, the same disc. The same. I'm sure yeah. audio commentary with Pavlo, uh, interview with uh, Heinrich von Bunyau, yeah, uh, uh, actor Ronan Wilmart, uh, interview with the the effects with the effects artist, the cameraman. <clears throat> the co-creator of John Constantine, Stephen R. Bissett. Yes, uh, yeah, that, that, they're all good special features. It's yep. a lot of it's a lot of talking head it interviews. Is. That's basically what it is. It's people sitting there talking about it. They go pretty in depth, like with the 
crew, the like uh-huh. casting crew one is probably my favorite one because that's where I learned about how terrible it was shooting the movie, how cold it was, how mm-hmm. excruciating the whole experience was for them. So they and go you can in see depth, it. dude. Yeah, you can dude. see it. The movie's raining in every fucking scene. Yeah, I wish you know the only actor they talked to is the gentleman that played Rawhead, but there a lot of the actors have passed away, so it's kind of hard. I think they interview the the guy that played the. I keep calling him the Renfield priest, but he him, really, the Verger. Yeah. Yeah. The verger. That's the word. That's the word. You've, you've said it yeah. several times. Yeah. Um, but that character, they interview him, which is pretty cool. And I do. Just, I do know. have to um, just I do have to correct earlier. We said earlier his name is David Duke. And I said, not the racist David Dukes. No, it's the opposite. He is David Dukes. The mm. KKK guy is David Duke. Gotcha. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I, I want to make that clear because <laughs> he does not clear. deserve that. <laughs> yes, he does not deserve that. He does um, not deserve that. David Dukes is the normal yes. actor guy that we can all love. <laughs> I uh I do I, I I watch all these interviews. They're really well done. You've got at least I say two hours worth of interviews here. Each one Easily. about 20 minutes. And Easily. they really go in depth. And then you learn about the guy that portrayed Rawhead. He was like 19 when he played mm-hmm. the character. He was a kid. Super young. Crazy. And just everything. And then the one guy that uh, the the artist, the co-creator of John Cons, the Constantine, mm-hmm. he goes in about the design of the original design I'm, of Rawhead. And how I'm going to guess those might be his that. drawings. Yeah, probably. I think those they are. Those are probably his drawings yeah. in the book. I'm, I'm going to look uh, at it. You know, for a Blu-ray special edition, in reality, what more more could they have added? You know, there's probably not a lot of deleted scenes in this movie. There's yeah, probably, for a movie that you know, everybody really, really disowned and didn't want, like, how much could there really be? You're 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 yeah. absolutely right. It, it's a good release. I'm happy with it. I don't have a lot of you know Kino Lorber. Like, I have a couple of their Blu-rays, but mm-hmm. I don't have a lot. I, I'd say they're probably a little lower. They're below like Arrow and Scream Factory and kind of what yeah. They, code uh, they, they're like more they, like a Code Red. They're like a you know. Well, they re-released a lot of Code Red stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I oh, have I go. do have a bunch of yeah. I have a bunch of Kino Lorber, but they do a lot more classics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they got the rights uh, to Rawhead Rex for some reason. Yeah, weird, <laughs> strange. Weird. They do a lot more movies from the '60s and '70s. You know, like Baby Blood and and The Asphyx and yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I got a bunch of theirs. Um, a friend of mine, um, Heather Buckley, has done most of the special features for oh, okay. a lot of their films. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they did the Ninth Configuration as well. She did those. Gotcha. You know. Um, so that's, that's probably why I'm more aware of Kino Lorber stuff because she's worked on so many of her, of their films. Yeah. You don't really hear about them that often. Their releases every now and then you'll hear like, especially like physical media people. You never really hear, you don't ever hear their name. You always yeah. hear Arrow scream for the say the usual suspects, you the know what big I mean? Ones. Yeah. yeah, I think Kino so. just doesn't put that much into it doesn't put as much into the advertising. It's as also the Rawhead Rex going back to everyone forgetting about yeah. this movie. So, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, hey, that's you know, I think they they do some good stuff too. They really yeah, do yeah. some good releases. For sure, so for I do sure. like I do like their stuff, and I said they do re-release a lot of the Code Red stuff, and some of the Code Red and Scorpion stuff that they don't re-release comes out through um. What is that? Um, dark side. Sorry. Dark, dark side. side. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, to close out, you know, after the whole, we've, we've talked about the movie for a while. We've talked about the Blu-ray release. I, and, I, and I dare say this, and I, I'm curious if you, because I haven't even told you this, but I'm curious if you'd agree with me. 
Do you think Rawhead Rex is prime for a remake? I think. Oh, yes. I think, th- you know, oh, hell out yeah. of all the movies that they fucking remake and reboot and make sequels to, like they remade that Hellraiser. They didn't remake it, but they made that Hellraiser movie for Hulu. The Hulu. I loved that. I, thought it was, I, I loved enjoyed it, it as well. Um, but like, okay, cool. Another movie, another Hellraiser yep. movie, another Pinhead movie. But, you know, you're, they're always looking for IPs and properties. I feel like Rawhead Rex is prime. If it's marketed properly. Even Barker has said he's willing to do a new updated Raw and Rex. Yes. He's willing to do it, especially because of special effects technology now. Yeah. And He'll be all fact, CGI more than likely, in all honesty. But which which I don't think he should be. Yeah. I, I think you I think it should be a mix. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, I think it should be a mix. You know, uh, I think that's when things get really good. But uh, he he is open to a remake because number one of technology, special effects technology, CG, and number two because audiences are so much more accepting now. Yes, you know that 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 story, especially now. Yeah. Which, if you look at it, then again, it was. It, but you look at it back then, the story was about, uh, like like I said, male virility versus female fertility. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was that war. Today, it would be. You would just call that uh, toxic masculinity. It would work better yeah, in 2023. It would yeah, be, I, yeah. I think it worked then at the time, but a lot of it was taken out of the movie. That also went over that. people's heads, I'm sure. Possibly. When, you know, when they watched possible. it, you know, all they I mean, saw the was this big monster ripping people apart. That's what they saw. You know yeah. I mean? You know, I, yeah. I, I do think that, I think, do you think that the women, the women's uh, uh, lib movement was pretty big in the late 70s, early 80s? Yeah. You know, so I think it totally could have worked then. I mean, that's when he wrote it. Yeah. 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 So I do think that it total 100% would have worked then if they had just left it all in there. But today, 100%. Texas yeah. Chainsaw, Slumber Party Massacre, you know, the movies where they're taking it and they're really diving headfirst yeah. into the feminism of it. And they're working. This is a movie that this could work. A hundred percent work. Yes, so that's I'm shocked that they haven't remade it. Of all the stuff that they remake and you know they I, they make sequels to, it's like yeah. so strange that I I think it's I think it's Barker. I think yeah. he has decided he's not doing it unless someone is willing to do it exactly as he's willing. You can to do totally it. get like a decent kind of actor to to play oh, yeah. Howard and yep. to you know a decent actress to play Elaine and just you know good at special effects. Yep. You don't you you know shoot it in where did they shoot the new texas chainsaw that came out it wasn't even here it wasn't even in texas it was in no, like new zealand i think something crazy like something that. like yeah. that yeah because it's cheaper to make well, they movies. shot it during covid so they yeah. shot that during covid so new zealand was the first to well, you know what i mean like they'll yes. go out there yes. and in this case it works perfectly because it's a countryside town that this yep. is you know taking place in so it's like you make this movie you can remake it you know, Rawhead is in a lot of the movie, but I feel like they'd probably, you know, he'd be less visible throughout, mm-hmm. you know, remake. They'd show him here and there. But I think this is ripe for a remake. It's in the- Samara Weaving and Tom Hiddleston. There you go. Put the two of them. <laughs> I could totally, because they are both fucking phenomenal actors. And, and Elaine, and Hiddleston write her is, a little better. You know what I mean? Write yeah. that character a little better. Yeah, you know? so. I could see it. Samara Weaving and Tom Hiddleston. I could totally see that. Because again, yeah, the, he's British. Together. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, she's she's Australian. Yeah, you she know, is Australian. But yeah. he's British, right? Yes, or is he yes. Irish? 
I think he's British. He's from the UK. British, yeah. yeah England, the yeah. book, the story is takes place in Ireland. It takes place in like a summer isle style oh, island, okay. which is what he didn't like either. Because the film okay. is very much a summer. Gotcha. Right summer during the heart, like before the harvest, everything's yeah, still growing. Yeah summer and it turned into a rainy moors iron <laughs> yeah listen man that casting is spot on i agree with that that that'd be a yeah. good i wonder who would play the other characters you have to think of like some other character actors to play them like the priest the priest, the priest fucking throw idris elba in there fucking kill it he yeah. will kill it as just the change it completely as, as like a different priest like, not the, the virgin yeah the opposite the, the good the, the good guy the, the good not priest the, yeah, yeah idris elba would fucking yeah. kill it that'd man. be kind of funny great. yeah listen man they <laughs> gotta do this they got to do this. Listen, man, he made that lion movie where he had to kill the lion that was killing everybody. I think he'd do He'd do a, a raw head. I haven't watched remake. that yet, but I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about. The Beast, I enjoyed it. The Beast yeah, yeah. right? I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah dude, I, I just feel that's kind of my closing thoughts. And, and I'll, yeah. let you, I'll let you wrap oh, it up Oh, and throw David us. Howard Thornton as raw head. <laughs> there you that's go. That's it. <laughs> Uh, that's what I say. <laughs> this is one of the movies that is enjoyable. It's silly. It's a good time. It's a popcorn movie. I think this is one of the movies where you tell someone, have you ever watched Raw Header X? We need something 100%. to watch. You want to laugh, have a drink and talk shit. Let's throw on Raw Header X. Yep. Like you kind of can under, you get what's happening. It's not that kind of, you know, I feel like if they it's remade not deep. it. It's it, not if very they deep. remade it, they'd make it deeper. But yes. the original film is not that deep. And no. I think when it comes to films that could be rebooted and kind of reimagined, totally. Rawhead Rex is 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 on the list to me, top of the list probably of some something. I'd that be all be for redone. it. Yeah. All for a remake so of Rawhead. It's got to happen, and I I'd and be I all listen, for it. For all its faults, it's it's still I still love it. I still fucking love it as a movie, dude. So, I love the movie. Yeah. I know what's wrong with it. I don't give a fuck. I fucking <laughs> love this movie. I absolutely love Riot Rex. I put it on earlier today just to watch, and and even Lynn watched. I was like, I said, I said to her, I was like, I gotta watch it again just for, just so that it's because I haven't had a chance to watch it again. I could have totally watched done this show without watching it because I've seen it so often, but I'm like, no, I need to be totally refreshed. You know, I need it fresh in my mind. I watched it and I was like, so uh, I got to watch Riot Rex. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is not a movie you're going to mind watch. She's like, nope, she can watch it whenever too. It's just so, (laughs) <laughs> it's a good time, man. It's a good yeah, it time. Is. It's a it good is. time. Rawhead Rex it's is a, a fun good monster time. movie. Yeah. It's a really fun monster movie. I think I really love it. If this is his territory, it'll come back sooner or later. All we have to do is wait. Wait? Wait for what? More your mistakes? More slaughter? Look, Mr. Hallenbeck, we understand how you feel. You have no idea how I feel. stupidity is the reason my son is dead so that was rawhead rex be sure to subscribe follow us on instagram twitter tiktok at haunted hangover also head over to hauntedhangover.com for links to our patreon the video version of this episode the audio the audio only version of this episode and links to all all haunted hangover related materials and things and be sure to wherever on all of those areas that you are possibly listening or looking at us from rate and review us because you love us and as always remember the best cure for a hangover is more booze
catch you guys later.